Well, it's actually my privilege to welcome up our preacher this morning, Mike Shaxton. It is always just so incredible when he's in the house getting to share the word. I, um, I'm always encouraged by him. If you haven't had the chance to meet him, you should talk to him after the service. He's an incredible, incredible guy. But why don't we all stand to our feet and why don't we just welcome him as he brings the word of the Lord this morning. Great day to be alive, is it not? Fantastic. Are these lights on for the uh, recording, is it? All right. I feel like an angel. It might just take me a while for my eyes to adjust. Beautiful. Well, it's really good to be here today. You know, I just pray that... Uh, that what I share with you will be a great encouragement to you. And um, I, I must admit um, that worship wrecked me a wee bit. Um, you know, there's something wonderful about um, worshipping the Lord together, isn't it? It's something special. And uh, so today was just very, very good. Praise the Lord. Well, what I want to share with you today is a message called Weathering the Storm. You know, you don't really have to be a, um, a rocket scientist or a, or a prophetic person to realize that our world is changing at a very rapid pace. <clears throat> and the storms of life and the storms in the world uh, are increasing, not only the natural storms, but also the physical storms that we see in the nations of the earth. But one thing that I know and I have learned in life is that Jesus says to us that he will keep us steady in the storm. Give the person a nudge beside you and say he's talking about you. That we will stay steady in the storm. And so if you've got your Bibles, your cell phone, your laptop, whatever you read, I want you to Get your Bible out or whatever you're looking at. And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 6, verse 35. Mark chapter 6, verse 45, sorry. Okay, and then it says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he, went the, while he sent the multitude away. When he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. When they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. Immediately he talked to them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. 
Then, they, then he went into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they marveled. For they not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. Then he crossed over, they came to the land of Jacinarat, and anchored there. What an amazing story that is, isn't it? Here's, here's a situation that a storm has arrived. The storm had arrived. You know, one of the things that I know about and I've learned about modern technology is uh, I'll be sitting in, at home in my lazy boy chair and I look at my wife, Joanne, who couldn't be with us today, but she sends her greetings. And I say to her, Joanne, tell me what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? And she gets out of cell phone and goes, boop, 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 boop. And she said, it's going to be fine. I said, well, what about the next day? Boop, 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 boop. It's going to be raining. And she can actually tell me on her cell phone what is going to happen every day of the week for the whole week, what the weather's going to be like. Whether there's a storm coming, whether it's going to be sunny, whether it's going to be fine, and so we have the technology today that can tell us what the storm or the weather is going to be. Back in my day, um, you know, I'm still catching up with cell phone technology. Um, in fact, I've only just learned how to use mine. So there you go, you, you techies. <laughs> and uh, when I was farming, we, we had two weather forecasts. One was red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning, red sky at night, shepherd's delight. All the oldies who you know that, come on. That was our weather forecast. If it was red sky in the morning, you knew you were in for a storm. If it was a red sky at night, you knew that something, that the weather was going to be good. But one thing I've learned about storms is they can be very, very unpredictable. How many people have set out on a venture in life only to find that it's not quite what you thought it was going to be. Come on, you can interact with me. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> if you like what I'm saying, say, good one, Mike. <laughs> Keep going. There, now, now we're getting somewhere. You know, if you really like, if you really like, uh, like I, I, I was going to get a sign up here that says I'm subject to outbirths of enthusiasm. Okay, so, um, so I'm just getting wound up here. And if you like what I'm saying, you can even stand up if you want to say, man, that's good. That's encouraging to me. You're allowed to do that in church. But we, we decided, you know, sometimes in life you make choices, and we decided that we were going to go farming. I was working for my father-in-law at the time, and I decided I could do this. Joanne and I decided we could do this. So we went and bought some sheep. And we leased a farm in Waimati. Who knows where Waimati is? We leased a farm down there. It was a hilly block. And I was so excited to, to start off. I had 900 ewes, and we were starting our first year setting out in faith, a faith venture. Now, can I just put that on hold for a minute, just, just for a minute? And what I forgot to say to you is, is this message is for all of you today, not just for some of you. But I, I just want to specifically emphasize for those who are in business and those who are self-employed, this message is for you as well. Listen harder. Okay, so we were self-employed. Um, 
and we set off on this adventure to be farming. And I love farming. And anyway, we, we went into the first month, the second month, and it started to get a little bit dry. Not all storms are the same, you know. And then it started to get a little bit dry, then it got drier and drier and drier. I probably shared this testimony a wee, wee, a wee while ago when I was here, but I just want to add a bit more to it. And it got drier and drier and more and more difficult. And I learned that if you got fat stock, you got fat check. If you got skinny stock, you get a skinny check. That's what an old farmer told me. He said, if you want to be a successful farmer, just keep your fat, uh, stock fed and, and looking good. And so we set out and it got drier and drier and drier. I would get up onto the hills and I would look back towards the, to, towards the south and I would see the rain come. I go, praise God, it's going to rain. And I'd be watching it. It would come and it would, it would get to a certain point. Then it would go out to sea. And then it would go all the way around. And then it would come back and around Christchurch somewhere. And I would sit up there and, and, and I knew I was in a desperate place. I knew I was in a difficult place. And every day it got drier and drier and drier. And all the farmers around me were fighting the same battle. Do you know what? That uh, so often there are other people going through what you're going through. You're not the only person that's going through it. I had all my farmer mates going through this. And I had a friend of mine, he just mowed all his peas. And the northwest wind came and it, it rolled it all up and it was all put up against the fence. We would get these winds would come through and they would blow the paddocks and all you could see was dust. We were in a storm. This one was a drought. And not only that, but we were also in a time called Rogernomics. Hands up all the old, all the guys who know what Rogernomics were. You think six point something was difficult. We were paying 27% interest rates back in that day. But you know what? It doesn't matter what's happening in the world, what the interest rates are, what, no matter what's happening around you, God knows you need. And, and, and we never went without, but we were in the storm. And he provided day after day provision for us. Was it easy? No, it wasn't. Was it a challenge? Yes, it was. Was it self-soul-destroying? Yes, it was. When you saw your sheep suffering and you saw the difficulty and, the, and you saw your bank balance going down and down and down because things were getting tough. And then we were paying this absorbent interest rates and the drought just continued. And then one day, one day we heard on the radio, a storm is coming. Woo! Praise God. That meant rain. That meant rain. Be careful what you pray for. Because, man, did we get rain. This is in 1985. And it rained and it rained and it rained. And it rained so much that the bridge just up the road, which was as long as this room got washed out, my neighbor, my farming neighbor, he had 1,300 ewes in the, in, the, in the riverbed. They all got washed out to sea. And I remember going and helping him, and, and we were standing by the fence, and we were trying to grab these in-lamb ewes and try and pull them out of the water. That's a storm. That's a flood. 
It was difficult. It was hard. But we are in the storm, but we are not of the storm. You know, I, this is my definition. I don't, I don't write many things down, but this is my definition of determination. I reckon you're going to really like this. You can have it. You can take it home. You can write it down, write it down. The definition of a storm is this. Persistence is like rowing into a harbor on an outgoing tide but knowing that the tide will eventually turn. Oh, come on, that was only a little grunt. Come on. I'll say it again. Persistence is rowing into a harbor on an outgoing tide, knowing in time that the tide will turn. Come on. You guys are just waking up now. The tide will turn. And in those farming years, eventually the tide did turn. We had a drought, we had rogenomics, we had a flood, but the tide began to turn. And then in the middle of that, God says, now walk away from it. Do something different. I'm going to share that just in a minute. But let's get into the Word of God. I really, I, I really love this story. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, real and it's pretty... pretty uh, kind of down-to-earth story. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the Seder while he sent the multitude away. The first thing that we need to understand as followers of Christ is that some of the ideas that Jesus has for us are pretty amazing. See, he said to them, get into the boat. It was his idea that they get in the boat. It was his idea that you got born again. If you're not born again, you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know him. But it was his idea that they get in the boat. He told them where to go. He said, I want you to go to the other side, to this place called Bethsaida. Go to the other side. While he sent the multitude away, he just fed 5,000 people. And so he just said, get into the boat and you will go. And they said, yes, sir. You're our rabbi. We will do what you tell us to do. So they got on the boat and off they go. They set off. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land and he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. And it was about the fourth watch. You know, one thing I've learned about following Christ is that the takeoff is often easy. It's what happens in mid-flight that's the problem. <laughs> you like that? It's like on a plane, the takeoff is really good. I have, how many people love taking off on a plane? I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to Whangarei. I love the takeoff, man. It's just... I love the takeoff. But the last time I got on an airplane, I sat in my seat, little seat, jet star. Wonder if you're going to get there. <laughs> no, no, good airline. 
Buckle up. Ready to fly. And do you notice when, when you hop on a plane that everyone's got their headphones in? They're all watching. They're all looking at their, their little computer or their phone. They're all reading a book or a magazine and it goes, Would you please listen to the flight attendant? She's got some things she wants to tell you. Or he, the crew, listen to the crew. And the flight crew are standing there, and what they say is, the life jacket is under your seat. The exit doors are to your left and to your right, and they're at the front and they're at the back. <laughs> and then they say, you will see lighting on the floor in case of an emergency. They say if there's an emergency, listen to the crew because they know what they're doing. <laughs> and, and, and the crew are there telling all these people, what's what? I tell you what, I always listen to the crew. Why? Because my life depends on it. Tomorrow when I get to the plane, I'm going to say, can I sit beside the doors? Number one, there's more room there, but I'm right by the door. <laughs> it's not a lot of detail that the flight attendant gives you, but it's enough to save your life if you get into trouble in mid-flight. And so here's Jesus saying to the disciples, you get in the boat. You see, the flight attendant doesn't tell you everything about the plane. In fact, you've got pilots there that you don't even know. And I think it takes faith to fly in a plane. You've done lots of flying. I think it takes faith to fly, faith to fly in a plane. Now I'm getting my words all tangled up. I mean, what you're doing is you are hopping into an aluminium can. You're going to fly at about 600 miles an hour. You're 36,000 feet in the air. It's 51 degrees below zero. When you're up there, you're sitting there drinking your lemonade or drinking, eating your sandwich. And you have people that are flying the plane that you don't know. And then the air hostess says in her talk, if you see a mask come down in front of you, put it on and breathe normally, yeah, right. <laughs> you see, sometimes when God says for us to do something, he's often short on detail. And here we see in, in, in the word of God, it says immediately he made them get into a boat. He was very short on detail. He never said there was a storm coming. He never said it was going to be difficult. He never said it, said it was going to be hard. He never said it was going to be a challenge. He just said, get into the boat. Are you okay? Is this helpful? Praise the Lord, you're still there. I can hardly see you, but you're still there. 
I just want to go back to my farming experience. I, was, I, I love farming. We were doing really well. We had this drought. We had the interest rates, and we got through all that. The tide had turned. We were doing very well. The sheep were going well. Um, we won prizes for our wool. We were winning prizes for our lambs, and we were really going for it. We were doing really well. I was outside one day chopping firewood, ready for the winter. And as I was chopping the firewood in this wood pile with an axe, I kind of had that still small voice. You know, you just sort of kind of know it's the Lord, don't you? And he says to me, Mike, he says, I want you to stop farming and I want you to go and be a pastor, look after my people, look after my sheep. I said, go away. <laughs> I was so obedient. I said, no way. No way. About a week later, I was back. I had some time, so I was back at the wood pile and I was cutting wood. And, and, I, and I, I felt again that same still voice, Mike, I want you to give up farming. I want you to not be a farmer. I want you to go and look after my people. I said, no way. Go away. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm true. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a shepherd of God's people. I didn't even like you guys that much. I do now, though, just to settle that question. <laughs> I was a farmer. I liked my space. I liked my loneliness. I liked, I liked that. That was me. And then the Lord says again, a uh, third time he comes, when God says something three times in the Bible, you know he really means it, eh? <laughs> So I'm chopping firewood. The Lord comes. And he says, Mike, he said, I want you to leave the farm. He said, I want to leave sheep. I want you to become a pastor. I want you to look after my people. And I was just about to say, no way. Then I thought better of it. And then I, I just felt that still small voice. He says, Mike, if you don't do it, he said, I can't bless you. Dang. I said, okay. It's fine. I will leave. And so we started planning, leaving, being a farmer. You see, we got into the boat, we started on a journey, and now we're in the middle of something, leaving the farm, selling the sheep. And then we went up north to a place, and our, our first position was not on a church, actually. It was actually on a farm working with young teenagers and broken um, young men. And so we were working on this farm and we were involved in this place. But how many people know the in the middle experience? You kind of take a leap of faith and you end up in the middle of something. Well, we took a leap of faith and then we ended up in the middle of a situation that broke my heart. And I must admit that the first, my first adventure into ministry was one of the toughest adventures of my life. And uh, in, anyway, at the end of that, the whole thing fell to bits, not because, of a not because of what we did. In fact, there was some embezzlement going on in the organization we were involved in. Sometimes you're in the storm, but you're not of the storm. We were in it, but we were not of it. It had nothing to do with us. But we were still in it. Anyway, I lost my job, and we left the farm, and uh, I had three children, no money coming in, the only thing that were positive is I owned an old Valiant. 
Some of you young guys don't even know what a Valiant is. It's a car. So we pack up. And the old Valiant packed the kids up and we head back down south to the farm where we'd come from, what we'd left away, left before. And here's a situation that these disciples have said they were in the sea and they were on their way to Bethsaida and the storm comes, the difficulty comes, the challenge comes, the hard things come. And then they, they, they were in this place that they didn't know what was going to happen next. You know, I've actually preached this message before and I, I've entitled it The Irresponsibility of Jesus. What an irresponsible leader he was. Number one, he tells them to go on a trip. Number two, he doesn't tell them the storm's coming. Number three, he wasn't even going to turn up. And if you read the story, in the middle of the storm, he was going to walk straight past them. That doesn't sound like a very responsible leader to me, does it? But they were in the middle of a storm. And Jesus comes in the middle of this, of this very difficult time. And as they were rowing, as they were straining, as they were in this difficult place, Jesus comes walking beside them as if he was going to walk by. You'll read it in the Word of God. He, he was going to walk past them. And, and it's interesting that they looked and they thought he was a ghost. Can, can, I, can I encourage you to really know who Jesus is? I'm 66 years old and, and I think I, I'm, I'm beginning to really get a really good grasp of who Jesus is. He will never, ever leave you or forsake you. He will never quit on you. He will never abandon you. He will always journey with you. But the disciples had lost sight of this. You know what? I think what happens is that they were caught, so caught up in his performance, watching the miracles and signs and wonders, they were caught up with his performance, but now they are learning what happens when they're in his presence. And in his presence, and, and, and Jesus comes beside this boat and, and, and he hits he in the boat and, of course, he says, don't be afraid, I'm with you, you know, I, I'm for you, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm in this journey with you, don't be afraid. And then the sea becomes calm. Are you getting things up on the back behind you? There you go, oh, look at that. And, 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 and the storm is there, then the sea becomes calm, he says, I'm with you. I am with you. Now the interesting thing is, in this particular story, is that they don't even go... They don't even end up where Jesus told them to go. Nothing changes direction in your life than a storm. A difficulty, a challenge, a trial. It changes the direction of your life sometimes. And, uh, and they, uh, they ended up in Gisenaret. A different place completely. We came back from the, the storm where we'd been up north. And I went back farming. And I know what it was like when the disciples went back fishing. Well, you know what I went and did? The Lord said, leave your sheep. Leave your sheep and follow me. Go and ship my people. Go and be a pastor. I'll tell you what, by the time I got back from my trip up north, there was no way I wanted to be a pastor. There's no way I wanted to be a shepherd. I had enough of the storm. I didn't want any more of that. 
And so I go back to the farm, I buy the sheep back that I'd sold prior to that. Started farming again. And we're now we're in a, we're, it's like a change of direction. We're in a different place. And that's what God does. You know, he's, he's often so short of detail. And, and if I can just go back to the flight attendant for a minute, so often we, we, we miss out on, on the detail that, that God gives us in the beginning that carries us through the storm. And sometimes the detail can be very, very small. And I just want to go back to when we left up north. Um, one day we were with the local pastor and he said, there's a lady here, I want, I want her to pray for you. Her name was Avis Reed. And uh, she was a prophet. Anyone know Avis Reed? You know of her? No, nobody knows. Long time ago. You know Avis? Yeah, there you go. Avis Reed, I, and she was just this elderly lady. And, um, and she sits us down and she starts praying. And, and it was short on detail, but it was high on impact. And she said these, basically she said this. She said, in the future, your ways shall seem varied. He said, there are going to be things that are going to come against you. There are going to be difficulties and trials. There are going to be people that will rise up against you. By this stage, I'm saying, where's the door? <laughs> and she starts prophesying, and, and she says, but God will be with you, and, and he will establish you, and he will strengthen you. See, a little bit can take you a long way when you're in the storm. When you're in a difficult place, just remember some of those things that God instilled in your heart right at the beginning and hang on. And hang on. Because it's important to, to, to understand those things which are short on detail. Look, if the disciples really knew who Jesus was, when he said to get in the boat, they wouldn't have been worried about the storm. They would go, whoo-hoo, what a ride. See, we're not in the storm. We're in the storm, but we're not of it. And, and I, I just want to encourage you today that, they, and, and for those who are in business and those who are self-employed, um, you know, the, the, the storms and the difficulties for you will be very challenging. There are financial and, and uh, social things coming that are going to be very challenging for you. But just remember what the old preacher said today, that God knows where you are, he knows what you're going through, and he will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. Don't look to your own provision. He knows how to get you through. He knows how to get you through. He knows how to sustain you. He knows how to encourage you. He knows how to inspire you. He knows how to keep you safe in the storm. I love the story about Elijah. I won't go there, but is it, uh, I won't read it, but there's just something in there that, that really inspired me. As I, In 1 Kings 19, verse 1 to 8, he'd just, come, he'd just been through the storm with Jezebel, and Jezebel was chasing him, and so he ran for his life. Ever got in a situation that you just want to run? Or is that just me? I think I'm in good company. You just want to run. You want to get out of there. You want to get out of it. And so he ran for his life, and he, he ended up out in the middle of nowhere, and he was asleep, and an angel came and touched him and shook him, and he awoke, and he was exhausted. 
And, and the angel said, uh, there was some bread and there was some water. And he said, he said, drink and eat. He said, because the journey that's before you is, is a long journey and you need to eat and drink. And so he did. Then he went back to sleep. The angel shook him again, said, wake up. And so he got up and he ate and he drank again. And then this is amazing. He got up and then he, he, he walked for 40 days and 40 nights on the strength of that, those two meals, the bread and the water. That's all he had for 40 days. I tell you what, that's a Hershey bar that I really want to get to know. <laughs> if I could figure out that recipe, I'll be a millionaire in a month. Something that'll, that'll keep you going for 40 days and 40 nights. And then, of course, he gets to where he's going. But the, 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 the key to understand here is that there are two things that will hold you safe in a storm. Number one, the bread always speaks about the Word of God. Now, I'm not a great reader, never have been. But I know that if I don't read my Bible often, it makes one, if I don't read my Bible within seven days, it makes one week. Shall I repeat that again? If you don't read your Bible in a seven-day period, it makes one week. And I am not a great reader. Reading is not my inspiring thing. Some people just love to read. That's not me. But I know that I need to read the Word of God. I need to get the Word of God into my spirit. Why? Because it'll sustain me in the storm, and I'll be able to go a long way. Water always talks about refreshing and, 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 and forgiveness and grace. I tell you what, when you spend time in his presence, that's where you get the refreshing. And these storms come, these difficulties come, and Elijah went a long way in the storm. So anyway, back to, back to um, just back to my story about leaving and finding a new destination. I went back to the farm, and then... And one day the Lord spoke to me again because I just was going back to where I'd come from. I'd endured the storm. I didn't want to know nothing about God's people or pastoring. I was still a Christian. I still wanted to go to church. But I didn't want to take that position. And anyway, this particular day, um, I felt I needed to go to a church in Methven. And I was praying, well, where to from here, Lord? And, uh, and so I go into this church. I, I sit down, only a small church in Methven. They, they needed a pastor. I'm kind of bringing the story down to it quite quickly. They needed a pastor, but I'd given up on pastoring. But I'm saying, okay, God, if you can speak to me, I'm listening. And so I remember going, sitting in the back of that church with my arms folded. You know the embrace? You know the embrace? Can't be bothered? Or is it just me like that? Oh, good. So I'm sitting in the back of this church and I'm saying, Okay, God, hot shot. If you, because I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that God couldn't speak to me. I knew he wouldn't have the words to say, not directly. And so I'm sitting there in my confidence, seriously. I'm sitting there and I've got my hands folded. And this guy gets up who I knew, his name was Nigel Lucas. And what we're talking from Bethsaida to Jacinerate, so you start in one place, you end up somewhere else. I'm sitting there with my arms folded, and, uh, and I'm saying, okay, God, I'm ready to hear. And this guy's short on words, and he stands up real teacher type, 
and he opens up his Bible, and this is what he reads. He said, and the word of the Lord came to Abraham, leave the farm, leave your father's house, leave your sheep, and follow me. I go, are you kidding me? He said, no, I'm seriously serious. <laughs> and so that was our Jacinerate. We ended up in a different place, and before long we left the farm, and that was our first church that we pastored. You see, and during the storm, sometimes things are really hard to, to bear, and we go through things emotionally, physically, mentally, but Christ is in us. He's... He's for you. He's with you to sustain you and encourage you in the midst of the storms that you face. And so I've just got some things to say just in closing. I've probably gone a little bit over time, but that's all right. I won't be long. Okay, point number one. I've just got some points here that will really help you, may help you really minimize uh, and encourage you how to get through a storm. Okay, so let's go. Point number one, minimize what you say. Death and life in the power of a tongue. When you're in a storm, don't talk too much. Listen harder. But when the going gets tough, just listen and don't say too much. Because often when we speak things out and we, we start talking, we can talk ourselves into out of what God is trying to talk us into. And can I say this too to you, that sometimes God is in the, in the storm. You see, it's not all about sometimes being cruise ship Christianity. Sometimes life's a battleship. You see, if Paul wasn't in prison, if Paul wasn't against the walls, if, if Paul wasn't chained to the walls in dungeons and prisons, we wouldn't have had the book of Philippians. We wouldn't have had the book to the Ephesians. We wouldn't have had the book to the Galatians. We wouldn't have had those things if Paul wasn't in that uncomfortable place. And so often I think that we can get into that mentality that our Christian life is a cruise ship. Well, sorry, sometimes it's a wonderful blessing, but sometimes it's just plain hard work. Number two, backing off is not backing out. Backing off is not backing out. Even Jesus was wise enough to find a quiet place. When the storm is raging, just make sure that you find that quiet place. Here's a four before analogy. When the wheels are spinning, the mud is flying. The engine's revving, the counter, the, the, the temperature gauge is high. He said, probably this is a good time to find a reverse gear and back off a bit. Because in the middle of the storm, sometimes we keep pushing and pushing. And, and they, these storms are varied, aren't they? I'm talking about all kinds. There's all sorts of storms going on here today. But it's not all weather related. But sometimes you just got to back off and step back and let God be God. And find a new way. Find another pathway. You know, sometimes we can be so busy fighting the storm that we forget that Jesus is with us in the storm. I like this one. Your emotions are like a violin. The tighter the, set, the tighter the strings, the higher the pitch. Stay in tune. It sounds awful when you're out. 
Stay in tune with Jesus. Stay in tune with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're going through something, find people you can talk to and pray with and share with to encourage you, to inspire you. Be practical in a good way because storms are unpredictable. Be predictable in your actions. Predetermine your actions, what you will do when the storm comes. What are you going to do when the storm comes? How are you going to respond? How are you going to react? Storms vary in strength, number five, but so do you. You know, the Bible says that we go from misery to misery. No, no, I got that wrong. We go from failure to failure. No. The Bible says we go from strength to strength. We go from strength to strength. As we're going, we go from strength to strength. In the midst of a storm, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of the tears, in the midst of the sorrow, we go from strength to strength. We can grow in a storm. And, 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 um, I tell you what, I've had greater growth periods in the storms than I ever had in anywhere else. I grew. God grew me. Number, number six, if you know a storm is coming, batten down the hatches. If you are caught in a storm, quickly batten down the hatches. If you can't find a safe harbor, run with it. Some of you just got to run with it. We've been praying for you. Praying for your team overseas you know um, Neville yeah I still see you in it we've been Jan and I have been praying and and for many of your many of the people you know they wouldn't have seen that storm coming maybe I mean the tension was there and the difficulties but for the intensity of the storm and oh my what what courage and faith your team and your people need and and so, church, keep praying for Neville and, and the guys over in this country where the persecution is so intense. You see, we're not a cruise ship, guys. It's a battleship sometimes. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. In the heat, heat of the moment, this is a fire brigade thing. In the heat of the moment, have a fire extinguisher in hand. It might stop the fire spreading. In the heat of the moment, in the middle of a storm, sometimes we say things, we do things, we act things out, but sometimes we just need to just get to that place where we are just still and know that God is God and we don't have to fight every storm that comes our way. But rest and trust Him. Don't add fuel to the fire. There are always things, number, number eight, there are always things to clean up after the storm. Your emotions you always have to work on. Anyone perfect here? Oh, I'm in good company. There's always something we're working on. Life storms are not always weather related, but the storms that impact their emotions can in the, can the heat, um, I'll say it again. Life storms are not always weather related, but the storms that impact our emotions can um, in a heartbeat change the direction of our life. 
I want to tell you guys, there's storms coming to our nation. There are difficulties and trials financially, emotionally, physically, and the temperature is rising. Temperature is changing. And, and if I can say this, and I, I, I sort of, I, I tread here very carefully. I know, look, I'm, I'm a little bit over time, but I, I just want to say this. I'm, tre- I'm treading very carefully now. But I, I sort of feel I'm old enough and maybe have a little bit of wisdom to be able to say such a thing. So please bear with me. One of the things that saddened me during the COVID experience, see, that was a storm that we had around us. It was a storm that came. We had nothing to do with it. It just turned up. And as a nation and as the nations of the earth, we had to deal with it. We had to cope with it. I really, look, I really tossed this up in the air whether I should talk about this, but I'm going to go there anyway. And, 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 the, and this storm, it, it, it impacted the world. And the sad thing was is that the world just looked at the storm. And another th- sad thing is what I think is the church started to look at the storm as well. And there are some more storms coming. There's going to be some difficulties and some trials that we're going to have to go through. But one of the things that saddened me, and, 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 and your conviction was your conviction, your thinking was your thinking, and so and in no way am I, I, I challenging anybody about what they did or what they said or how they reacted or how they responded. But I just want to say this, that if something like this comes again, I hope the church we do better. Because right throughout the body of Christ, the church imploded. And it was brother against brother, sister against sister, and there there were all these difficulties and trials in the storm. But as these trials and difficulties come our way, church, we need to hang tough together. We need to stay strong together. We need to hold fast together. We need to, to watch out for each other Together, because what happened is, is, is we started to look at the storm, and, and, and it was a storm, and there was difficulties, and there was things happening. But I felt sad that so many ways the church throughout our nation imploded. You know, one of the things Joanne and I determined to do is that regardless of what happens in this world, regardless of the circumstances, and COVID was that for us, we will keep on serving our community. We will keep on loving our community. We will keep focused on blessing them and watching out for them. And we're not going to look at the storm. We're not going to look what's happening around us, but we're going to keep on loving our community and sharing that love of Jesus with our community. Joanne and I and our team were one of the only ones that were able to move around in COVID. Why? Because we had a vest that said we could. And we were taking food to the elderly. And we were taking medicine to those who needed medicine. And we were able to go and visit old people and stand, you know, you have to stand two meters away and talk to them and check on them. Church, in the middle of a storm, we can do better than we did in the last one. And I'm not, I'm not saying your conviction was wrong. All I'm saying is I think that we missed something. We missed something in that, in that time to really minister into the heart of our community what the heart of Jesus is all about.
He is with us. He will sustain us in a storm. Trust Him. I love this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will make your path straight. You guys are amazing. Hang tough. Be strong in the storm. Let's Let's journey together. Let's work together. Let's love and serve our community in the best way possible. Because in the midst of a storm, that's when the church really begins to shine. Father, we thank you today. You're a wonderful Father. And Lord, today in this service, I know there's some storms going on. I know there's difficulties and trials in people's lives. Those who are online, there are some storms out there as well. Emotional, physical, mental, real things. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the comforter. And I pray today that you will speak to the waves of despair. You will speak to the waves of worry. You will speak to the waves of frustration and hurt and anger and bitterness. You will speak to the waves and you will say, peace be still. And today I speak that word out in faith, knowing, Father, that today your word is at work and the calm is in our hearts. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.